the feel-good way to start your day. Jamie and Lee. It's It's the Riverina's Triple M on your Tuesday morning. Very much looking forward to a night of football. Now, this is happening at the Range Function Centre Thursday, October 26th with some exceptional guests. Uh, Joanne Peters, former Matilda Wagga's own Matilda, Sally Shippard, is going to be there. And the coach of the Socceroos is going to be coming down for the night of football. And that is the man who joins me on the phone, Graham Arnold. 56 appearances for Australia in a playing career that took him around the world at both club and international level. Uh, Before turning his talents to coaching, currently the coach of the Socceroos, who of course had that phenomenal run in the most recent World Cup last year and hoping he keeps on turning down job offers to hold on to the Socceroos role. Graham Arnold, hello. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Very well. Very good afternoon. Yeah, uh, well, we're uh, in different time zones at the moment with uh, different roles. It's been a really strong journey for football in Australia over the last, I mean, 18 months. It feels like it's just riding away. Firstly, obviously, with the Socceroos, then with the Matildas, and it's continuing. It doesn't stop. You've got uh, World Cup qualifying coming up. You've just had the uh, friendly against Mexico. Um, look, what what was it like, the uh, Mexican experience, obviously, with a fairly young team? Yeah, look, I think uh, I truly believe that international football is younger and younger, yeah. uh, especially the amount of travel that's involved in the amount of football that the uh, players are playing these days at club level. And I believe in Australian youth. I think that uh, when I first took over in 2018, I went to Russia and, and watched the, the Socceroos play at the World Cup there, and it was an old, quite an older team. Yeah. And uh, straight away, I, I came back to Australia and uh, met the board and David Gallup. I mean, told him I wanted to coach the Ollie routine as well because it was so important that we got players come through. And, and, and sort of a, a quick fix it was uh, something that, you know, it was off the cuff what I did where it should be prepared and done much better than that, leading, uh, not just leading into World Cups, but also helping develop young kids and giving them the opportunity to fulfil their dreams as well. And I think once those uh, kids get on the field and and start playing at that level, they, they believe in themselves more than just sitting and watching those type of players on TV. So, you know, I, I, do, I, want, I do believe in Australian youth, and uh, the boys did exceptionally well against Mexico. It was a Dallas. It was pretty, a bit of a crazy scene. It was played on artificial grass, which uh, yeah. we weren't expecting. But the fact that uh, it's a real Mexican wave <laughs> uh, during the game was... Uh, a great highlight of things as well, but uh, overall the boys did well, and you know we we threw away two goals after two nil against a team that was ranked number twelve in the world. But at the same time, that it was a friendly fixture, and uh, you know you, when you get back from mistakes, uh, you learn from them. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the friendlies, you've got England coming up. Who I mean, it's never really friendly against England. No. Um, <laughs> what do you want to get out of that ahead of the World Cup qualifiers? Yeah, look, exactly the same as what we've been doing. You know, uh, when I first took over, and, and due to COVID, I only got two or three friendlies in in five years. Everything else was obviously during COVID was World Cup qualifiers and and those type of things. But now it's it's not a, as you said it's not a friendly. Uh, we're, it's going to be a great occasion to play at Wembley, and it's about uh, ourselves and performing well and, and improving in every match that we play. And you uh, feel that we have done that, and we will continue to do that. And uh, and going there to England to win. And uh, I know, of course, there's always a great rivalry between Australia and England. 
at uh, cricket. And, you know, last, uh, you know, I was involved in 2003 when we beat England 3-1 at Upton Park. I was assistant coach to Frank Verena, and uh, I'm pretty sure they'll still be remembering that result in those days. I can tell you right now that has my all-time favourite sports sign at that ground where there were about six Australian supporters, I reckon, at the ground, uh, one of whom was holding up a sign that says, if we beat you at this, you're officially shit at everything. And it is still my all-time favourite sign at a sports match. You've spoken a bit about the the younger ages. So if you were given an absolute a, a clean slate so you've got a player who's playing down here at Duke of Kent in Wagga and you know that they're going to make an international level what would you like to see each step of the way for that pathway through for that junior player to get to that top level play much more football I don't think we play enough football in Australia you know, kids are only playing around 20 games a year you know kids in Europe and uh, like in South America they're playing about 50 games a year and uh, it's no different to golf. You know, at the end of the day, football is a team sport. We know that. But it's, it's all about the individual. And, uh, you know, I've never seen ever when a, a team from, say, eight-year-olds to ten-year-olds, a whole lot of them are going right through as a team and continued up to the age of 20. So, you know, it, it becomes an individual sport. And it's about the individual and uh, making sure that he gets the right resources as well as, as, well as education. Um, and, you know, that's on nutrition, that's on health, that's on everything. But, uh, you know, again, playing uh, much more football, um, giving that kid an opportunity to play at, at more of an elite level in state federation football and state v. state around the country, uh, on identification uh, camps where he'll be playing with and, and kids of his age. I remember in the old days, and uh, I go back to the old days a lot sometimes because I think we overcomplicate things these days. Especially kids were taken on a six-week tour to South America or a six-week tour to England, uh, Europe, sorry, and given them the experience of playing against overseas uh, nations and improving themselves overall. So still true today. You know, kids have to leave Australia, leave family, leave friends. And I think to fulfill their dreams and, and, and their careers by having to go away at the age of 16, 17, 18, as I said, to, to be able to make money and, and make a career out of football. And uh, that's wrong. It shouldn't be like that. It's been like it for many, many years, but there's still a hell of a lot of work. And as you said, Lee, right at the start of this interview, it's about you know, the last 16 months with the Socceroos and the Matildas and the Gators thriving. Yeah, the game may be thriving at uh, those two tournaments, but there's so much more work to be done at grassroots level, state federation level. We need to join the game together as one and uh, help each other to let these kids and help these kids fulfil their dreams uh, in, in their lives. And if you could give like an organisation like Football Wagga a piece of advice on developing the game or being in a competitive market or bringing through the next generation, what would that be? Look, I think at the grassroots level, and when I say that, it's, you know, whether it's from six-year-old up to 12, 13, 12-year-olds, it's, it's going to be about playing more football, and even above, from 12 to 16, 17. I think there's one big part of the game that we've lost that uh, is, and it's called backyard football, where you used to play with your mates and your brothers. You do, there's nothing planned just every afternoon until dark time that you, you played football, and I think that we've lost that. Now there's a lot of structure in academies and that the kids there's no freedom to play. Uh, and I, I think those are the, you know, the age from 6 to 12 is where you learn your technique and you learn and you really enjoy it. And I just 
once again, I think at uh, club level, um, more football, you know, not playing for just six months, playing for 10 months. And uh, we're competing at world level. You know, we shouldn't have an AFL or NRL model. We should be looking at how the rest of the world is doing it because that's what we need to do as a sport ourselves. So, you know, for Wagga, it's it's just more more and more football and uh, less restrictions and let them play. Outstanding. And before I let you go, I know that you've got a very keen interest in that development of football players. As you've said, you've coached, you coached at the last Olympics with the under-23s. Uh, who are the next generation of superstars who are coming through? Who are some of the names who we're going to see and are going to be held up in lights like those who represented us at this World Cup? Yeah, look, it's, it's hard to say at this moment because a lot of the players, their careers, you know, when you get to the age of 18, it's really, for me, the most crucial time is between 18 and 2022. 20, and uh, if you don't get through that and do that well, then by 23 it can be over. And that's how, how important that is. But uh, you've got the young kids like Attilio that's gone across to Celtic, younger Engvall, who's now getting game time in, in Volendam, uh, in, in Holland. And it's crucial that when these kids do move overseas, they move to countries, but also um, the style of play that suits them. And uh, they they play a lot of football. You know, we've got young kids coming through, young Yazbek in, in uh, Norway and that. But uh, once again, it's too early to put them on that pedestal. They've got a lot of work to do. And uh, we will support them the whole way uh, to give them that. But... Uh, a lot of time it's down to their own attitude as well. Graham, we look forward to seeing you here in Wagga. October 26 is when a night of football is going to be on at the Range Function Centre. A nightoffootball.com.au is where you can go to book your tickets for that one. And, of course, uh, going to be sharing the stage with special guests Sally Shippard and Joey Peters from the Matildas. Graham Arnold, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Lee, and I'm looking forward to uh, heading down to Wagga. A lot of the years since I was down there, but... Uh, I do know the region is growing. I can't wait to see it. Jamie and Lee, weekdays on Triple M and anywhere on the listener app. It's Triple M.